welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for performance by an actor in a leading role. Here are the nominees for performance by an actress in a leading role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through. But I'm here and I'm happy. <laughs> um, I just want to, oh, here we go. OK, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise, I love you, brother. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. <laughs> You're a bald-faced liar. Fucking please. A fucking liar. Fucking please. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Holmes Movies Podcast. My name is Anders Holmes, and I'm joined by... Who? Me? Yes. Yeah, y- y- me. You. Uh, the co-host. Co-host. <laughs> You're pointing at me. Um, yes. Uh, hello, I'm Adam. I like um, Brad Pitt and Moneyball. It's like, when I point my finger at you, speak. <laughs> oh. Um... I I speak. I am here. Um, yes. We are doing alternative Oscars still, right? Yeah, we're doing our, ter- our alternative Oscars episodes. Today, we're going to be looking at the, well, we're looking back at the 69th Academy Awards. 69. <laughs> uh, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But we, we, we haven't even said what the name for our show. It's the Anders and Adamy Awards. Yes, yeah, the Anders and Adamy Awards. We are Get going to be the looking- trademark in there. We're looking back at the 69th Academy Awards. Uh, and stop laughing at the, at 69. And um, yeah, okay. It was held March 24th, 1997. Uh, 24. <laughs> Keith Sutherland show. Uh, held again at the uh, Shrine Auditorium, Los Angeles, California. And it was hosted by Billy Crystal. It was his fifth time hosting. Billy Crystal's very much the Bob Hope of the 1990s. Yeah, but he didn't host as much as Bob Hope did. No one does. No one. I mean, there's no... Bob Hope hosted 700 Oscar ceremonies. I mean, the, the guy is... Yeah. He lived to be a million years old. I mean, there's, he's not going to be... You, you can't break that record. So um, this was a pretty big year for a movie called The English Patient, as it practically mm. won most of its nominations. It won nine awards, including... Well, we'll get to that. Uh, in a in a second, yeah, it's interesting because we talked last time about Ben Hur, didn't we? This is this is again. Yeah. It's like if Bob Hope is the Billy Crystal of the nineteen fifties, then English Patient is the Ben Hur of the nineteen nineties, right? No, um, but I'm it's just, a Ben Hur. I'm just, I'm just going to agree with you and nod, but at the, in my head, I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, no, I, I'm t- <laughs> what I'm talking about is. So once in a while in Oscars history, an epic movie comes out that wins a bunch of awards like Ben-Hur, like uh, Titanic, which we've talked about. Amadeus. Well, yeah, but the thing about Amadeus is it deserved them, whereas like uh, Titanic or Out of Africa or let's be honest, the third Lord of the Rings film, which was given a bunch of Oscars that didn't necessarily deserve. It wasn't as good as the other one. Um, 
but like sometimes these films will just come along that sort of just sweep everyone in and and, and obviously there is there's campaigning mm-hmm. that goes up. Was this a Weinstein film? Was this a Harvey Weinstein film? Oh this well this was a Miramax film and I think maybe yeah I'm I'm a, I'm guessing that this was probably didn't he do he... some terrible things to to get people Oscars? Didn't he? Let me. I'm googling this. Well, he was always he was a he he was a very he was a very dominating figure. Like he was, pre- I mean, in, in in many ways, and um, you know, he had his you know, he was you know he was you know he had his you know they called it like Edward. Yeah, he was an executive producer on this with his brother Bob, but uh, Sal Saul Zentz, who also produced um, Amadeus. And uh, one flew of the cuckoo's nest. Uh, he also he was the main producer on this movie, right? So yeah, so Harvey Weinstein used to do all kinds of like mafia style things. Yeah. To, uh, well, I mean, to... people talk about his Edward Scissorhands because he practically would take hold of a film after it's already been done and then re recut it and then yeah, but that's that's just his interfering. But he would you know when he was get trying to get Oscars for his films, he was like really manipulative and and um, mostly and... with Shakespeare and Love. I think because he won, he was a producer on that one and he won an Oscar for it and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, but I he think was, he was really bad in that sense. In in, yeah. in in a lot of ways, he was bad, but in, you know, that was one yeah, of them. It wasn't just the rapey stuff. It yeah. was also, um, he was also just a really unpleasant character. Um, I'm glad he's in prison. Uh, so he's probably anyway. going to be, he's, he's, yeah, he's in jail for the rest of his life. <laughs> he's only in jail at the time of recording. Um, yeah. I, um, I don't think these films that come along and just sort of swallow everything are particularly helpful. Like you look at Ben Hur, it's like doesn't you know we doesn't deserve all that you know oxygen that it just sort of takes out of the room in 1959. And the same with a lot of these films. And I think The English Patient falls into that category. It's a good dish film, but it's not. Um, it's it's not this like sort of holy shit, what an amazing movie kind of. It's just a, it's a it's a big romantic epic. I mean, it, it it. Do you like it? What's your view on the English Patient? Yeah, I mean, goodish is a good way to describe this movie. I feel like because it's it's a film a in over two, the top, isn't it? It's a little bit over the top, and also like it's a film in two parts because it goes back and forth. We like see Ray Fiennes you know, with Kristen Scott Thomas. So we see the love story aspect of it. And then it's, a, and then we sort of go back and then we go forward to the second world war and we focus Binoche. on Juliet yeah. Binoche. And I found, I found, I, I found that those parts of the movies would, when it focused on Juliet Binoche, more interesting than the love story with Kristen Scott Thomas, like the sort of main crux of the film. Cause it is this like big romantic epic. And I don't know. It was very hard to kind of get on board with that, you know, with that that romantic side of things. I was a bit more interested in this in all the stuff with Willem Dafoe and Juliet. For someone who was giggling that much about the word the the number sixty nine, I can't believe you're not interested in the Kristen Scott Thomas bits because you know. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, they're good. They make it work. I don't know. I just, I maybe I didn't. It's I, just, what... isn't it all just a bit? Like, I don't know. Like it's a bit meh. It's a very meh. Yeah, romance. it's like it's a no. It's the kind of novel. Sexy meh. <laughs> it's like a big. You can imagine it working in the. I've not read the novel, but you can imagine yeah. it working in a novel and this sort of like you know you, the the way the exposition works over time. But in the film, it all starts to feel a bit. Um, I don't know. Just not as um, you know, it feels a bit trudgy at some point. And and you're you're there are bits where I remember being like, okay, this is going to be like. 
really interesting because it's British people in the desert before the Second World War. So we're going to be, you know, drawing like a, on like some a David, David Lean, Lean kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're going to be doing a bit of that. We're going to be having some like nostalgia for the days of, you know, these kind of rugged uh, explorers and imperialists and whatever else. And it's like, yeah. you know, a bit of 30s glamour, good costumes, etc. And you get some of that, but it's like, you also just, the people in the film are very unsympathetic. Like, I don't like Kristen Scott Thomas. I don't like um, uh, Ray Fiennes' character. I do like Colin Firth. He's he's like he's like a nice guy. And then um, and and then you get uh, Binoche is wonderful. She's really the sort of beating heart of the film, as you yeah. say. But it, and it's a bit being, hard to sustain yeah. two plots alongside each other, isn't it? Like it's hard. I mean, to do... Walter Murch does his best to cut that whole film together, and all the transitions that he does. Are amazing it's a very well put together film and anthony mangella channels a little bit of that david lean aspect into the movie and he was a very good director i mean i I mean he didn't do a lot of i mean i mean out of the films i've seen i like talented mr ripley the most mainly just because it's a really good thriller and oh talented mr ripley's a brilliant film yeah I like bits of Cold Mountain. Like Cold Mountain feels like the English Patient part two. That's it. Yeah, it's a perfect example. I didn't realize he did Cold Mountain as well because yeah. that's an example of a of a of a book that's supposed to be quite good and a film that it's like there's not room in the film for all the stuff that's in the book because yeah. you the the book's going to have loads of time to explain who the fuck Jack White is and in the film it's just like oh there's Jack White and it's like you don't care enough because if you put too much in a film you lose um the audience i think and you lose the the english um the english patient loses me at various parts and um and i think it's because it's too crowded like what the fuck with the william De- william defoe thing like i mean he's he you know he just turns up and he's william all defoe seems defoe. like he's in a very different movie from the one he's supposed well, he's, to be he's in just being william defoe and he's like my yeah. finger um and um i got no thumbs <laughs> oh no thumbs right yeah 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 he's got no got no thumbs yeah uh the guy from das boot cuts his thumb off that's interesting um yeah. naveen andrews from know. lost is Jürgen pretty good movie who naveen andrews the uh uh i want to make the sure the guy with the the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, i want to make sure i get his yeah i just want to make sure i get his ethnicity right um, oh yeah you get that wrong jesus um, um two seconds bear with me you know he was married to barbara hershey who's barbara hershey the Natalie Portman's mum in Black Swan. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he was married hmm. to her for a while. Oh, good uh, man. He's yeah. His 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 uh, his parents are from uh, from India. Oh, good. Okay, great. So we we did not racistly miss <laughs> misnationalize someone. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So he's he is. I like him, um, but like again, there's not room. To, to explore enough, even, even though the film is very, very long. Um, I don't know. I think it's the kind of thing that other people might enjoy. I just look at this and I'm like, well, this is probably going to be better as a novel. And um, and I think just on a sort of personal level, I just don't identify or care enough about the, identify with or care enough about the characters. Um, I do really like the world. Yeah. Um, like the world of biplanes and sand and and cocktails and stuff that's cool and like war but um yeah i didn't yeah it's just like 
it just it's all a bit like a sort of magazine shoot it's very it feels superficial in that way that the 90s sometimes did mm-hmm. um, and yeah they do so, force they do force a lot of the kind of moving like emotional moments it never feels right i don't know from what i, I remember like apart from all the juliet Binoche stuff i think a lot of the romance i don't know it's like yeah i don't know Maybe we're gonna get i think we're gonna get a lot of angry hate mail from uh, yeah. people who love The English Patient uh, because I think it is kind of considered a, a, a beloved film but I just I've seen it twice and I'm just like yeah, I, I, I can't I wouldn't mind, I can't I wouldn't mind watching it again knowing what the film is and maybe I don't know I think watching it in like one sitting and I don't know I might try and see if I can watch it with my girlfriend just to see if what her reaction would be to it because I was watching it by myself I didn't watch it with like a crowd of people and I didn't have enough to like talk to, I didn't right. talk to anyone else. Oh, then we, we do, you can you can rewatch it, and then we'll come back yeah. and we'll re-record this episode, and we'll correct the record if you decide that it actually is good. But why don't we yeah, go yeah. back and take away some of its Oscars? Yes, we can do that. Uh, let's start at the bottom and work our way up. Um, yeah, Walter Murch did win an Oscar for Best Sound, and um, I mean, of course, he's a very he's a legend in the in the world of like editing and sound design and everything in that uh, regard you know he worked on movies like THX 1138 Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now The Godfather trilogy American Graffiti The Conversation and you know I have I actually have a book of his where he's he speaks with the author of The English Patient Michael Ondanchi or whatever his name is um, Ondanchi Ondanchi yeah but I love how you're really careful about uh, checking the ethnicity of one of the actors in this film and then they're like oh but whatever his name is about <laughs> my bad yeah but yeah so yeah walter Birch is you know he's i think he deserves all the accolades that came his way in, so he in got that. best sound and you want to get you want to keep him as having you yeah. want to have you want to he should keep his oscar is what you're saying yeah um uh, let me just well hang on a minute let me just check what other films i've seen from 1996 are you telling me the sound in this film is better than the sound in an executive decision yes um, <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, hang on a minute what about uh mission impossible that came out in 1996 um, I think it, I think does it have good sound i don't know maybe it, uh, it does have a good, uh, good good fairly good sound design um there's good there's great action movies that came out in 1996 independence day I hate that film. broken arrow i that was also bad the rock this is a bad year this is a really bad year the, uh, the executive decision chain okay. reaction with keanu reeves and uh, really like the, the, the glimmer man with steven seagal what <laughs> that's not a good action film <laughs> that's a no there's no a, such thing as a good steven seagal film apart from executive maybe. decision by and under siege um yeah. There's also that film where he kills the beardy guy with a wine glass. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, the Out Patriot. of Justice, Out for Justice, Out for Justice. No, it's The Patriot, isn't it? The pa- it's not The Patriot, Mel Gibson Patriot. It's the other one. It's yeah, like the these white nationalists who take over part of the American West, and Steven Seagal kills one of them with a wine glass. Oh, oh, but in Out for Justice or whatever the movie is with um, William Forsythe. I mean, I'm sure Steven Seagal has killed people with wine glasses. Killed people. Film. I mean, he does like he does he shoves something in William Forsythe's head in Out for Justice right, in that film. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking idiot. Okay, look, we're supposed yeah. to be talking about best sound, not Steven Seagal and things he may or may not have shoved into people's heads. So yeah, fucking um, Putin lover. Just give it, give it to bloody English patient. Fine. Yeah. Next. 
Cinematography, cinematography I'm a little bit mixed on because John oh. Seal, who won the Oscar for The English Patient, and he retired in 2010 after he did the movie The Tourist with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. And then he came what back. What a way to go out. Yeah. And then he came back in 2015 and did the cinematography. You know, he came out of retirement to do Mad Max Fury Road. And Mad Max Fury Road is a cool ass movie. And it looks yeah, fantastic. Yeah, the look. Well, the conversation. I mean, the the tourist conversation. The tourist was uh, uh, was obviously just a, a a blip. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, the other nominations this year were Darius Conji for Evita, Cry for Me Argentina, uh, Caleb Deschanel for uh, Fly Away Home, which is a film mm-hmm. about Jeff Daniels and Anna Paquin trying to teach some birds how to fly. Right. Yeah. I remember that was. I remember seeing a trailer for that on one of the home the videos we had. It was like yeah. a Disney video, and it came with trailers. And Fly Away Home was one of the one of the trailers. Mm. It's not an interesting story, but that's how I remember it. Kind of want to watch it. Um, Michael Collins with uh, Liam Neeson. That was uh... Michael Collins is crap. Uh... That's a Julia Roberts's accent. Also, actually, Aaron Rickman's accent in that film. There are some dodgy ass Irish accents in that film, oh, which makes it a bit worse than it should be. Unfortunately, yeah. um, why didn't they just cast Irish actors? I don't know. Maybe they were trying to get people in because Julia Roberts was was big in the nineties. This was like her, you know, she was in her prime. So I guess they were trying to, you know, get people in their seats. Well, get yes, of course. Seats. But I mean, it's just I get that, and I mean Alan Rickman, you know. Yeah, it's Alan fucking Rickman, but still. Yeah, um, and the other person that was also nominated for best cinematography, sorry, for best cinematography was Sir Roger Deakins for Fargo. Well, he should have won it. Yeah, I mean, English Patient does look great. We're supposed to be taking away its Oscars. Yeah, but Fargo. Are we just going to end well. up giving the English Patient all the Oscars? <laughs> this is not the alternative Oscars. We're just reciting the oscars yeah, yeah. but no no fargo definitely deserved best cinematography are we giving it to Far- yes we are yeah okay. we are we are good, giving good. it to them yes fargo gets best cinematography thank you okay best art direction english patient one for stuart craig and stephanie mcmillan i think mm-hmm. it should have gone to romeo and juliet what, the baz Luhrmann film yeah the production design in that film is great Fuck off. I hate that film. <laughs> I hate all that. I hate that aesthetic of Florida and the the awful Hawaiian shirts and and um and all that gaudy nonsense. Ah, that film really annoys me. Um I don't want to give it anything. You can't have that. Sorry, I'm vetoing it. I'd rather give it to the English patient. Okay, fine. Best production design, Muppet Treasure Island, give it to the people who did that film. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What, what are we doing? Art direction or production design? Well, it's art direction, but I guess it's changed into production design. All right. Well, what about, um, what about train spotting? Oh, mm. good shout. Good shout. Mm. Independence Day. That's some good production design. Jesus Christ. I hate the 90s so much. I, can't, I hate doing these with you because you love all these awful films. Yeah. And I'm just like, ugh. Um, what about train spotting, though? Yeah. Seriously? Let's like, give it to train spotting, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Train Train Spotting, by the way, fantastic film. Yeah, it's best really, movie. Really, like, talk about a film that just comes out and makes a, an impact. You know, there should have been more, way more talk about Train Spotting at the Oscars than there was. My yeah, opinion. I don't think it. I, it got the only Oscar it got was well, we'll get to it in a minute, but it was the only Oscar it, it got nominated for was Best Adapted Screenplay. 
Mm, all right. Let's keep going. Yeah. So uh, best... Well, I, I will just want to like give a shout out to Rick Baker because he won one of his many Oscars this year for The Nutty Professor. And uh, the makeup of The Nutty Professor is very good. I think him and Eddie Murphy were good partners in that regard. Yeah, for sure. Just the way that they recreated all the different characters that Eddie Murphy played, like all the characters mm. in the family. I think I think that was fantastic. And like Rick Baker was on a podcast, he was talking about, you know, because you know the makeup took took such a long time to do, and you know Eddie Murphy like found the characters in that space, and that Rick Baker was like talking a lot about that. Is the Nutty Professor actually good, or is it not good? I mean, it's okay, right? Okay, I might give it a miss. Um, next category. Uh, should we? Okay, editing went to Walter Murch. I, if uh, I'm, yeah. For, what do you think? Um, English person. I don't know very much about editing. You're the film school student. Well, I mean, he's a great editor. I think maybe he can definitely keep. No, that. I, should, I think actually, come and come to think of it, shouldn't have gone to Train Spotting. There's some great edits Ooh, in there. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, Train Spotting. Who was the editor right. on Train Spotting? Let me. Uh... I will look. I'll look it up. I'll look it okay. up. Uh, the editor on Train Spotting was. Masahiro Hirakubo, who also edited The Beach and um, the film The Duchess with uh, Kira Knightley. God, he's worked on some pretty bad films. Um, Have you watched The Beach? No. It's a very interesting movie. Masahiro, I actually don't know if Masahiro is a boy or a girl's name. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> In any case, let's give it to Masahiro because yeah. um, it's really the editing and transporting is actually terrific. But I'm yeah. surprised that this person hasn't done more stuff. Anyway, there you go. Uh, visual yeah. effects went to Independence Day to Volker Enkel, Douglas Smith. Clay... Volker Enkel! <laughs> Volker, uh, D- Douglas Smith, Clay Pinney, and Joe Vis- Viscocal. Vis- Vis- Viscocil. I mean, it's hard to argue with that, I have yeah. to admit. Also, I would like to point out another film that had some quite good special effects for the time. That was a movie called The Frighteners, which was Peter Jackson's film that he did pre-Lord... Like, his the film he did before uh, before um, uh, Lord of the Rings. I think for the time, the visual effects are pretty good in that film. And also in Mars Attacks. Like, the Mars Attacks is apologetically... Oh, like, yeah, Mars Attacks is great. Because it's very well aware, okay, Tim Burton, what are you going to do with this movie? I'm just going to do direct this movie like Ed Wood would direct it and just have like some really crappy 50 style special effects and have fun with it. And I think yeah. he did he did very well in that regard. Um, oh, but just to go back to editing, do you know one film that actually deserved the an editing Oscar this year? No. Lone Star. Oh, yeah, that's a good film. That's a great film. That's my favorite film of this year, I think, probably, apart from Fargo. Yeah. But I mean, just all the transitions, you know, going back and forth. I thought, like, I still think it should go to train spotting. Yeah. But I just want to, I would think it deserves the nomination. We'll give Lone Star its due. Don't you worry. Yeah, of course. Um, Um, Hang on a minute. So, what are we on now? Special effects. Yeah, we're on visual effects. So, Uh, what do you want to do? Give it to the Frighteners, or do you want to keep it with Independence Day? I'm going to keep it with Independence Day because that's some pretty, pretty good stuff. But I just wanted to give Frighteners, like, its moment because it did. It was uh, a very, very fun little film with some nice special effects for the time, but yeah. For the time, for the time. Um, moving on. 
I know it's a bullshit category, but uh, best foreign language film went to a Czech uh, film from the Czech Republic called Kolia, which Fair is enough. a lovely little film. Have you heard of it? No. So it's about a very about a middle aged man who's like enjoying bachelorhood and you know the pursuit of women. He's a bit of a handsy kind of guy and a bit of a charmer as well. Oh, is this and... a Weinstein production? No, it's not a Weinstein production. I don't think it is, but no, he's a very he's a he's a he's a nice guy in the film. And so what happens is is that he's kind of struggling to uh, make a living, and he's mostly playing at funerals at crematoriums. And um, wait a second, what does he do for a living? Plays. He's a cellist. Oh, he's a he's musician. a handsy cellist who plays at funerals. Yeah. So um, is this one of those things where you just recite the plot of a film for fifteen minutes and everyone turns the podcast off? No, I'll, I'll just go. I'll just okay. So someone comes to him and says uh, that's something to do with the marriage, and basically the He's people. At a funeral? What do you mean the marriage? No, no, no. no. Okay, well, I'm just the wrong church, mate. If you hear the fucking marriage, <laughs> no, no, it's no, next no, door. It, I'm, I'm just little... talk during a funeral. I'm playing the fucking cello here. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit of backstory of his character. Basically, what happens is is that a. a Two people get married or something like that. And then you they don't even remember. No, You're it's the been a while. It's, it's a viewer I've ever seen in my life. You didn't know what happens in the film. Okay, they get married. Two people might get married. <laughs> then a little boy is left in his care. And then he's had he has to learn to take care of the boy. And it's a really like surrogate father, surrogate son relationship. And it's a really like moving story about. You know the, the the relationship that the boy and the, man, and, and, the boy is, and the boy is and the boy and, and the boy is called Kolya. Right. Okay. Good. So you think this film should keep its best foreign language award Oscar? Yeah, I think I think it should. It was a okay, it's, a, it's a really lovely film. Okay. Good. Let's move on. Uh, so best adapted screenplay went to Billy Bob Thornton for the movie Sling Blade. Have you seen Sling Blade? No. It's a fantastic movie, and he's great in it. Better than Train Spotting? Uh, no, I mean, I would give mm -hmm. it to Train Spotting because it is it the, the the writing in Train Spotting is just so good, right? Like, just, exactly. just, I mean, just capturing your... just capturing that like Scottish dialect and the 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 feeling of the nineties in that period. I just I don't know my favorite scene in the film, or one of my favorite scenes, one of my favorite dialogue scenes. It's towards the end. It's like in the third act when Renton goes back to Scotland for the funeral of their friend Tom, I think. Yeah, and, Tommy. The, and Tommy and the guy in the funeral is explaining what happened to him and the, all the stuff about the cat. Some guy playing the fucking cello with some weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I just think like that's a very like there's some dark humor kind of ingested into it, especially when he goes, "The cat's fine." <laughs> Because like the whole thing about how he got this, yeah, cat. yeah, yeah. I remember it's yeah, so yeah. bleak, yeah, but it is a great, um, yeah, it is a really good, um, really good scene. Yeah, it's to, it's. Uh, have you read any of Irvin Welsh's books? I've not, no, because he does. I've I've heard he really packs in that Scottish dialect into the writing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like written in in the dialect. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Train Spotting absolutely should get the Oscar for original and uh, for adapted screenplay. Original screenplay for my money should go to John Sayles for Lone Star. Yeah. Or you know, you, the poems. Yeah. yeah, it's a it was a it was a bit of a crowded year that 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 Oscars uh, with screenwriting. I mean, so yeah. who won? Yeah, Fargo won. 
for best original screenplay? Yeah, they won for best original screenplay. Oh, they're, 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 they're I just assumed Oscar. it was going to be, uh, yeah, because the English patient's not eligible. Um, the, English pa- the, English away patient, from the-, the English patient did get a best adapted screenplay nomination. Yeah, I don't want to take the original screenplay away from the Coen brothers. Mm. That just I've, feels too harsh, but I want to give an honorable mention to John Sales. Yeah, that's a cracking screenplay, and he's a great writer. He is. Mm. He's got a novel out. He does? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I think so. Um, let's, uh, let's use the goog. Um, but yeah, I think uh, John Sales wrote a novel. Uh, maybe he's written more than one because it's saying... Yeah. Uh, he's got lots of novels, turns out. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> but I can't see the one that's just come out. Maybe I made that up. He wrote one called Yellow Earth in 2020. Anyway, this is irrelevant and boring. Yeah. Um, um, when- I would have an honorable screenplay nomination to John Favreau for Swingers. I've not seen that. It's a great, it's one of my favorite movies. I, I really like that movie a lot. All right, well, let's let's just give it to Fargo and, and, and move on before to John Favreau. Looks like an idiot. He just, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he's very talented, but you look at him and I see, an, you know, I look at him, I see an idiot. Like, he look, he's got a stupid face. I'm going to get a lot of angry Star Wars fans now. Star Wars? What, what's he got to do with Star Wars? He created the Mandalorian. He did? Yeah, he did. Oh. Well, that's what I mean. He can be talented, but he looks stupid. I'm not saying he is, although Chef is a stupid film. And he's you didn't that. like Chef? It's a stupid film. It's an idiotic film. It's like a, it's like an Instagram story for an hour and a half. Fair enough. It's full of like weird cameos. It was like, oh, look at me, I made some pasta. Like, idiot. Um, <laughs> but the food like, in that movie is really good. It looks fine. Like I don't know, film and food. We could well, we've done, we've done food scenes. It's not does not appear in our top ten food scenes. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's a weird thing, isn't it? Film and like fancy food, you know what I mean? Like film yeah. and restaurant food. The be- I think really the best is Winterbottom's um, The Trip. At, like, if evoking. you watch the menu with the film that came out last year with Ray Fiennes, yeah. yeah, the food there's some great food porn in that movie. You do get hungry watching that film, it is very well done. Like, yeah, it, that film it, especially, came out especially, they close Noma, mm. yeah, no, especially probably. like, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a coincidence. But like, I mean, if you've been to like fine dining restaurants like Noma and you know any you froze. Kind of... oh, did I froze? You you did I froze? <laughs> did I froze? <laughs> no. You just you've forgotten how to speak English. <laughs> anyway, you were you were rambling on about you were freezing for a second there, so, and so, uh, you were yeah. rambling on about Noma. So you. Um, yeah. Let's not go down a rabbit hole about talking about Noma or the menu. Like, where are we even? Going? No, we but just, I feel like, but I feel like John Favreau, and now fifteen minutes later, we're talking about Noma. No, but I just feel like if you've been to fine dining restaurants like Noma, it's a. Have you been what? to Noma? No, but I've been to restaurants like Noma. But it's fun <laughs> to watch a film like the menu, where like the food preparation and making it look good and the artistry aspects to it, it satirizes that very well. Okay, yeah, no, I've heard that too. Um, what is the next category we're going to be here all night? Uh, best Supporting Actress. That went to Juliette Binoche for The English Patient. Uh, this is a hard one for me because I haven't seen any of the other films in the category. And... <laughs> okay, so who else was nominated? Maybe I've seen some. Uh, Joan Allen for The Crucible, which uh, starred Daniel Day-Lewis and Winona Ryder. Um, yeah. 
uh, Lauren Bacall for the movie The Mirror Has Two Faces, which was a Barbara Streisand film. What? I've never even heard of that. Lauren Bacall and Barbara Streisand? That's amazing. Okay, and, next. And, and, and Jeff Bridges. Hmm. And uh, Brian Adams, they composed the themes, the film's theme. I find Brian Adams it... and Jeff Bridges composed the no, theme. No, 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 but, but, but okay. So Streisand, Marvin Hamlish, and Brian Adams, they composed the film's theme. Oh, I don't want to listen to that. Um... Well, it's called "I Finally Found Someone," <laughs> which is very. Um, nice. That's a very nineties yeah. song. I finally found someone. Yeah, no, awful, um, awful. Next. Uh, Barbara Hershey for The Portrait of a Lady, which is a Jane Campion film based on a Henry James novel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Marianne uh, Jean-Baptiste, who's an English actress who was nominated for Secrets and Lies, which is a Mike Lee film, which I have not seen and I really want to. I need to watch more Mike Lee movies. I've not seen any of those films and that's that's terrible too. You know, Are you telling me though that Halle Berry didn't get a nomination for Executive Decision? No, she did not. <laughs> uh, I wonder why. Um, yeah. uh, I like Halle Berry, uh, but uh, she's not good in that film. Um, what? Uh, who? Who else is a contender? I mean, I actually think Juliette Binoche, and you know, is the best thing about the English Patient. Mm. She probably should win that. Um, you could say um, there's not much. I'm going to put out one nomination. Who I think should have got an Oscar nomination and that's Queen Latifah for the movie Set It Off mm, I've not seen that Set It Off is about uh, four uh, uh, black women bank robbers in Los Angeles it's basically uh-huh. wid- it's basically widows but better I really want to see that um, I think I think you could give it I think you can give it to Binoche yeah I think so too I think her performance in that movie is strong alright best Supporting actor. Uh, best supporting actor went to Cuba Gooding Jr. for Jerry Maguire, and he had a big moment on stage. It's one of those like fan- famous Oscar moments where he just like oh, just yeah. joyous and crazy and jumping around and stuff. He would. He went a bit. He 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 did a lot of. He pulled a lot of shapes, shall we say? Threw a lot of shapes. Yeah. I love you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> wow. Um, I don't that. think I. As much as I admire Mr. Gooding, I. Do not, um, I do not like that film very much. I don't think, I think there are other um, Oscars uh, that you could have, you, other people that you could have given the Oscar to. Basically every male performance in um, in Fargo. Like, yeah, think well, about, <laughs> especially Gary Houston, who's the guy who goes, you're a liar. <laughs> you're a fucking liar. It's just still one of the best line readings in the history of cinema. Um, but it's just the way he like forces it out, and then his wife sitting his wife, next to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's so oh god, I've lost you completely. That's <laughs> so good. I mean, you might have to drop that in. Maybe edit. I know it's probably a yeah. breach of copyright, but for anyone who's not, just like that, that bit. Yeah. I, oh yeah. I just that. But yeah, all the like the Steve Park, who um yeah. Who, who who plays that long the the old school friend of of um, Francis McDormand, Steve Buscemi? Mm. Um, you know, like uh, he's he's brilliant. Um, well, the guy, so, the guy who plays the uh, we're not a bank, Jerry. <laughs> that guy. Who's that guy? 
Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember his name. It's Stan Grossman. Larry Bra- uh, Larry Black Brandenburg is the actor. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's great. <laughs> well, Jerry, we're not going to give you one seven hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the dad. Um, yeah. What's oh, his uh, name? Um, oh, um, Harv Presnell. Oh yeah, he's great too. Um. I got your damn money, now where's my daughter? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no gene, I'd give it no money. I'd give it to uh, Steve Buscemi, probably. Yeah. But William H. Macy was very... He was nominated for Fargo. For Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor? Best Supporting Actor. Interesting. Maybe he is. He he really is the sort of beating heart of that film, and well, part of the beating male heart of that film, the beating heart of the film is Francis McDormand. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I'd have I'd be happy with either of those, um, yeah. or to give it to the to the man who has that wonderful line. Um, do you yeah. want to give it to Macy or Bashemi? Um, oh, actually, you know what? I've got another nomination to throw in there. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, uh, Big Night. Yeah, Big Night. I was just about to say that. <laughs> um, do you know what they're doing over there? Rape, rape of cuisine. Again, food on film. Um, yeah. Also, back uh, going back to Sling Blade, uh, Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam, yeah. Mm. Um, so there's quite a few. There's quite a few options. Um, to, to, but I think my personal favorite, I think, is is William H Macy because yeah. as good as Buscemi is, Macy is so itchily brilliant in that film. Like the way he just makes your skin crawl and makes you mm-hmm. laugh and just yeah. I mean, he's he's tremendous. And Steve Rebus is in Fargo as well. He plays the late, the late Steve Rebus. He yeah. died years ago. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yes. Um, um, I would like to throw in, I think I'm going to take some nominations away. Um, I don't think James Woods deserved his nomination for Ghosts of Mississippi. Um, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, he plays, he plays, sound good. it's a movie about the trial of Medgar Evers killer, Brian uh, Delawith, that Byron Delawith, Della Beckwith. Are you having, are you having a stroke? <laughs> because he has a very long Southern name. It's like all these like, Byron, Byron Della Beckwith. Uh, That's a great name. <laughs> yeah. That James Woods plays and he killed Medgar Evers and Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg plays uh, Medgar Evers' widow, widow who's trying to um, seek justice for her husband. Um, and Alec Baldwin plays the wife, uh, not the wife, the 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 lawyer who is defending her Alec case. Alec Baldwin plays the wife. Okay, um, so it's a Rob we... Reiner film. Yeah, right. So, we... But but anyway, so uh, I would take his nomination away and give it to Robert Carlyle for Train Spotting. Oh my God! Yes, of course. He's really good too. Oh, this is really difficult. I still think I still think I have to go with Macy. But yeah, but I mean, he, he, he deserved a nomination. Eggby, yeah, 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 he should have been nominated. You're right. God, we yeah. can't. Are we alternative nominations as well? I suppose we have to, don't we? Mm. Um, yeah, he's really good. Are you happy with Macy, or do you want? I'm, to... I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Macy. I think he was. Oh God, you know, what? I thought of another person who would be really good supporting actor nomination, and that's Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave in Mission Impossible. She's really good in that. Oh yeah, good shout. But yeah, let's just give it to bloody well William H. Macy. And... Yeah. Maybe, or I think another actor who deserves another... I think an actor who did deserve an Oscar nomination, in my opinion, Sean Connery for The Rock. Can we move on now, please? 
Well, Womack, you're caught between a rock and a hard cash. Uh, and this, this, this is this episode is going in some very strange directions. No, Losers, and come on, let's go about doing uh, our best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. I Carla. hate that. That's such a hateful line. Carla was the prom queen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and this, uh, okay, yeah. best leading actress, Frances McDormand, Marge Gunderson. She absolutely deserved it. Yeah, there's no, there's no question there. So, um, who are the other nominations? Um, uh, well, Kristen Thomas. Scott Thomas for the English Patient. Yeah. Uh, Brenda Blethlin for Secrets and Lies. Uh, Diane Keaton, Marvin's Room. And Emily Watson for Breaking the Waves, the Lars von Trier film. I think. Well, that's a very good shot. I think. Elizabeth Pena from Lone Star should have been nominated. Oh, yeah. The uh, late Elizabeth Pena. She also died recently. Yeah, I know. It's very sad. Yeah. Really sad. Um, um, so, but it's not, you yeah, know, you're right. There's no there's no escaping um, the Marge, the Marge Meister. Yeah. The Marge Meister General. She's, um, she's just too fantastic. It's one of the, it's one of the most thoroughly brilliant screen performances in any film, I think, because it's so, it's one of those ones. It's the it's the thing that makes the film work, you know. Yeah. And it, like you said, she's the heart of the like the female beating yeah, heart of yeah. the movie. But I mean, she's just she's just so good, and yeah. she's she's also in Lone Star. I remember she has a small part in that. She you knows she's she's just doing so many good films at this point in her career, and um, I mean, she still is. She's just got such a good knack uh, mm. for choosing the right projects. But man, Fargo is is oh it's just sublime that performance also it's pretty um, it's pretty cool for a film to introduce your hero 36 minutes into the movie yeah good point good point yeah. um very true anyway well you what do you mean it, you can't just make a point and then just go <laughs> it's very true it's like that, that's that's like me making a joke and then being like oh it's really funny yeah <laughs> it's just a, it's just a doofus like what uh lead actor uh, lead actor went to a film I haven't seen, uh, to an actor in a film I haven't seen, uh, Jeffrey Rush for the movie Shine. And I can't think of the movie Shine without that line from The Simpsons where Homer goes, I am the piano genius from the movie Shine. And the guy's like, uh, and your name is? Um, Shiny McShine? <laughs> um, I have not seen Shine uh, either I do like Jeffrey Rush though. Um, I think there are a number of um, other options that you could throw at this category, um, such as Chris Cooper. Yep. In uh, in Lone Star, we like Chris Cooper. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's really good in that film. Yeah. Um, you could, I think, have nominated Ewan McGregor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. For and although I do not care for the film, um, I do think Woody Harrelson's very good in The People versus Larry Flint. I still need to see that. I have that on DVD. I didn't like it that much. Um, Fair enough. But um, but he is good in it. So, so yeah. Um, I guess, honestly, like, just for, sh for sheer just debut freshness and joy, you, c you really could give it to Ewan McGregor. Yeah. True. 
I think he, I mean, that performance, that's like a star-making performance right there. Yeah, I mean, it's still his best. It's yeah. his best film, it's his best role. He's, I mean, he's terrific, but he's that's he's never better than Renton. Um, I think he was great in like the early part of his career in movies like this and Shallow Grave, which is another Danny Boyle film. Have you seen Shallow Grave? No, I haven't. It go it gets dark very quickly, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um but that film, Train Spotting, it's just filled to the brim with great actors and good performances. Yeah, and the soundtrack's amazing. Everything's yeah. amazing about it. It's it's and it's so sad. It's so poignant and when it needs to be and hilarious. I mean, it's, it's just like how to do that film properly. It's like the only thing, you know, it's it, it's so perfectly pitched, you know. Um you couldn't I'm, do it now. You could not do a film like Train Spotting now. Why? I just think I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you wouldn't be able to I think just I don't I mean, know. Do you think it would be too like because I feel like people would feel something? like you're glamorizing drug use and things like that. And people would think that. I don't know. It just feels like you wouldn't be able to get away with doing a film which has all that. Well, I think it was the same in the 90s. I don't think yeah. it's changed that much. I think people make, generally speaking, when Hollywood makes films about alcohol or drugs or whatever, it's very kind of puritanical. It's very sort of almost Victorian in its attitude. It's all this sort of, you know, pitiable stories about either redemption or tragedy. It's like, I don't it's not very it's not very nuanced and there's no like there's definitely no fun in it it's all like these are all like cautionary tales so in that sense I think it is just unusual that it stands out as this you know it's a film yes about heroin addiction but it's also a film about being a young bloke like it's it's it's, working class in Scotland or wherever in Glasgow or wherever it is it's Edinburgh I think isn't it Edinburgh or Glasgow one of those places yeah, you don't want to get those fucking mixed up though, north of the border, mate. You're gonna get in trouble. No, it was there. It was a, just went all over the place. You no, went from like, Swansea a, to Newcastle. It, it was a it was a did you, it was a TikTok video, some American influencer was in Edinburgh and he was going around going like He was where? Edinburgh. 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 But he was saying it not Edinburgh. like Edinburgh. 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 But he was saying it what? like Ed- you can't. This is the whole point. I bet your story is. Okay, can I guess what your story is? About? I've not seen this TikTok. Some idiot American whose name is Anders Holmes probably is <laughs> no, standing in me. Edinburgh, filming, being like, "I'm in Edinburgh," and then someone comes up no, to him. He said Edinburgh. He said borough. Oh, borough. Yeah, and then someone on the video was like, "It's fucking Edinburgh, you cunt." That's quite funny in fairness. And then um, he like, and then the guy was like, "Oh, okay." And then the video. A lot, was of, a lot of Americans say Edinburgh as well because of like, yeah. That's why I call Pittsburgh Pittsburgh. Do you? Um, but um, shall we move on yeah. to best director? Yeah, we're on the best director category. Anthony Mangella, may he rest in peace. Uh, he won the Oscar for The English Patient. Right. Who else was nominated? Uh, Joel Cohen for Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milos Forman for The People versus Larry Flint. Crazy that Milos Forman directed that. Yeah. Uh, Mike Lee for Secrets and Lies. And Scott Hicks for Shine. Right. We haven't given anything to Lone Star yet. Do you want to give John Sales the best director? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Really... I mean, Lone Star is a masterpiece. Lone Star by John Sales is a really good film, people. It, watch it. It's about. Texas. Um, yeah. 
Texas and, history and murder and yeah, intrigue murder. And <laughs> racism and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's brilliant. It's got everything. It's yeah. got a fan-fucking-tastic cast as well. You've got your Joe Morton in there. You've got your uh, Chris Christopherson. McConaughey, Francis McDormand, previously mentioned. Sure, um, J.W. Pepper. Yes, he is in this film. Yeah. His Clifton. name Clifton Webb, of course. Clifton, yeah, Clifton James. It's not Clifton Webb, Clifton Clif- James. <laughs> Clifton James. Uh, and then you got... Uh, who else do you have in this movie? Uh, Vanessa Martinez, uh, Stephen Lang, um, Latanya Richard Okay, they Jack- get the idea, they get the idea. Yeah, Latanya Richard Jackson, who's married to Samuel Jackson. Ron Canada. Oh, he's good. I like Ron Canada. Yeah. Um, uh, when they mention his name on the West Wing Weekly, it's always Ron Canada. <laughs> um, but um, nice. Um, yeah, John Sales, I think, should get best director because we haven't given Lone Star anything, and it's one of our favorite films, or at least mm-hmm. one of my. Favorite. Um, I, I, I I like Lone Star a lot. I was very surprised by how like amazing it was yeah um now best picture i think we should just give to fargo though give it to fargo yeah yeah don't you think yeah i think so i think it was the best film of that year but what actually won was the english patient but um sal sense who um also won for uh one for the cuckoo's nest and um he was the guy who fucked over john fogarty yeah, he got he. That's true. Yeah, that is true. He, he was the one who took away all of the, the the. He controlled the rights to the credence back catalog, and then John Fogerty never made any money from it. Or only something. Until, only until now, John Fogerty has got his music back. Only oh, so he has. He's recently got it back. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, um, what a wanker, um, Solzenses, um. But yeah. yeah, so we're taking his Oscar away from him and we're going to beat him over the head with it. And um, um, I was thinking about the big Lebowski. <laughs> we now not much hope for the tape deck, though. <laughs> or the Creedence. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah Fargo is just... Um, it's like only the Coen brothers could come up with a film like that. Right, and it is like, uh, there's a lot of like, only the Coen brothers this and only the Coen brothers that, but that is really one where it applies. Like, I think a lot of the time it's like, oh, the Coen brothers, they're so wacky and amazing. And it's like, they have maybe gone off the boil a bit in recent yeah. years, but um, look at the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, for example. But the the films they made in the late 90s, who mama, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... and, and before and uh, after. Mill- Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink. Barton Fink is amazing. Yeah. That's a more fantastic. I watch that film, the more I'm like, this is just great. Like, this is a truly great piece of cinema. And John Goodman should have won an Oscar for that movie. Yes, but we don't, but, but, but that's a different year. And we can't, yes. we've already given John Goodman an Oscar for The Big Lebowski. Haven't yeah. We? we should have won his first Oscar for that film. So, this is going to be in our, in our Anderson Anatomy of us. Um, this is a good, this is like a good couple yeah. of years. They're going to win a bunch of Oscars for Fargo and then they're going to win a bunch of Oscars for uh, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, they get two good years. Well, yeah. Um, and then they would have a, you know, even better years with No Country for Old Men and winning all the Oscars for that movie. Oh, yeah, we gave them a bunch for that, didn't we? Well, they won all the Oscars for that movie. 
Oh, they did. Best we picture, did. best director, did we do screenplay. We didn't we didn't, we, we didn't. we didn't look at that. Oscars we did not now. see fit to travel back in time and help them get more awards for that one because they did <laughs> yeah. get them. So, yeah. right. Yeah, I forgot that they won best picture for that. Okay. Well, that's good. So we covered 1996 and... Um, and we had some fun along the way, and we mm-hmm. learned a little bit about the way your brain works. And <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, yeah. I guess with the Oscars happening so soon, uh, we're gonna leave it here, and yeah. then come back next year. Yeah, we are. We're uh, we'll we'll be back same time same time next year with you know the craziness of awards season and uh, people well, saying loads more years to do. That's the thing. We've got yeah. all these other um, Oscars that don't have amusing numbers, like. Um, you know, so so, and you know, we 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 need to talk about. I want to talk about every single year because it's like even the ones which aren't like super famous for some reason always have something that's worth kind of exploring, and it's a good opportunity to go back and think again about some of these huge kind of sacred cows like, uh, uh, you know, the English patient and so yeah. on. So, I yeah. I think I will I will pencil this in as an episode that we should do. Um, I think the next episode that we're going to do next year is oh on God, the. Are you, what i'm just planning ahead because i feel like oh, yeah, we keep planning quite a we don't even know what we're going to do the next episode like what what's our episode next week going to be if we're not talking about the oscars <laughs> we don't know that but you're yeah. planning a year ahead. no but i feel like the next oscars episode that we're going to do the next alternative oscars episode will be about the 68th academy awards because we just did the 69th one no one wants to listen to the 68th one do well, they that's the, well that's the year braveheart one. Oh. Okay. Did payback run away? Did Braveheart run away? Um. Okay. Um. So I'm penciling uh, that in as like a. You can know, we discuss episode. that closer to the time, please? Yeah, fair enough. No one will remember this at this point. <laughs> like, oh, you're supposed to talk about Braveheart. It's like, can we go back and talk about the 1940s or something where I feel comfortable, so we don't have to enjoy your endless Nicolas Cage impressions? You're like you're like you're like Nicolas Cage in The Rock. You're like you cut me some freaking slack. That's you. Uh, I don't. Um, I drive a Volvo, a beige one. I mean, he is an amusing character in the yeah. in the in the landscape, isn't he? Um, all right. Um, let's go. Let's get out of here. It's uh, Saturday, for God's sake. Saturday night. That was, that was a Danish one. Yes, that. yes, yeah. and uh, but it came out in 1995, so you're off by a couple of years. Fair enough. Anyway, um, um, well, this has been fun. I've been it's been great looking back at the uh, last few episodes. With it the, has the, been fun, hasn't it? We've it had has, some laughs. We've, yeah, we've learned and we've laughed and we've 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 cried. Some yeah. of us. It did um, make me want to. Watch, it, does, it does make me want to go back and look at the. And watch and a I lot think of the, the movies. I think the listeners deserve an end to this episode. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, your sort of gently ruminating is not, I think, what they're here for right now. I think they want to switch off the podcast. Fair enough. They want to get, you know, it's Saturday night. They want to go out and partay. It's not Saturday night unless it happens to be Saturday. It's, this isn't going out live. <laughs> I mean, if it was, we would have no listeners. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, people would be clicking off at like yeah, two yeah, I'll, I'll say, stay tuned for the end of the episode when you'll win a million dollars. Yeah. That will never happen. Um, no. Well, Imagine I feel that. like... <laughs> <laughs> this podcast became so rich they could just give people money. Yeah. When, when, is, when is this... When are people going to stop doing podcasts? 
They, I don't know. I feel Does like anyone every... <laughs> make money off these things. I mean, we certainly don't. Unless you're like NPR or something, then you make NPR money. Doesn't off. make shit, does it? <laughs> I don't know. Or like anyone who has like sponsors or. People. I don't think they. I don't think they pay very much. Anyway, write to us. They, if pay, you they pay enough to keep idea. the pay the bills and stuff. Yeah, actually, yeah. If you and if you want to sponsor Holmes movies, seriously, um, yeah. you know, get in touch because we will take money from anyone. Yes. Um, all right, let's go. Yeah. Um, so I just want to like quickly, oh like my. for a future episode, um, we're going to be looking at, uh, we're going to get back to our top 10 episodes. So we're going to be looking at uh, the 70s. We the top 10. Oh, the decades. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, we haven't yeah. finished the deck, the, the, the traveling back in time yet. Yeah. Um, we're going to go we're gonna, the 70s. Yeah. Shit. Okay, top, great. Top, okay. Top 10, our top 10 oh, favorite films. Oh, that's going to be just so difficult to pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's going to be a how very many Godfathers one. can I put in the top ten? Well, you can only put two because <laughs> that's so. Yeah, but like, how it's like it wasn't like ten you, Godfathers got how made you in the nineteen seventies. Top ten of the seventies, not predictable. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it's we've got this is going to have to have some careful thought. Yeah, I mean, I've already made my list, but I think I'm going to have to rework my list oh, quite I've a bit. All right, Mister Prepared, I'll get to work on mine. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, that is another episode of Home Movies Podcast. Thank you so much for uh, listening to us ramble on about who should have won at you the... Ramble yeah, I ramble. Okay, thank Well, uh, me ramble. You're rambling now. I'm rambling now. I'm a rambler. Let's go! This <laughs> <laughs> has to end! What? Okay. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't even okay. know what to say. We're on the Twitter as you know, still Twitter's still up like the bridge and Kelly's heroes. Uh, and no one gets that reference. Okay, Dougie, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter. I'm gonna see Dougie soon. Oh no, well, tell him I said hi. What you say he's probably listening. Yeah. Hi Dougie. <laughs> uh yeah, at Home Smoothies Pod. We're both on Letterboxd. You can follow us uh there. No one actually follows us on Letterboxd. We keep asking people to follow us on Letterboxd. It's spelled Letterbox with a D at the end. Get it, people. It's good for doing movie stuff. Yeah, it's less toxic than Twitter. For now. Yeah, for now. I'm sure someone will find a way to make it toxic. Oh yes. Um uh, and we're both on Instagram if you want to follow us there. And uh, I'll put the link tree link into uh the description so you can find us on Apple Podcasts, ACAST. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yeah. Just uh, you know, if you everyone listen... is really worrying about the links. <laughs> Where are the links gonna be? <laughs> what are you high? No, it's just it's late and I'm tired and this has just been really good fun. And <laughs> I think it's been very fun for the listeners. Oh, it's just because you were thinking like, where's the links? And then I was like thinking of the line in Dark Knight Rises where he's like, where's the trigger? And I don't know why I made that analogy, but or that connection, but it's, it's just really funny. <laughs> I don't either, but I really um encourage you to leave your brain to science. <laughs> I will. Maybe if I remember. Um anyway. Uh... <laughs> You'll be dead. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm crying. Just press the button that says end. Just press the button. <laughs> uh, have a good day, everyone. God. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>